Welcome, 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 welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Money Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. And, man, the band is back together. It's been a hot minute since I get to say this. And I got my co-host with me, the man who needs no introduction, the man who's been who's been MIA for almost a year now. Um, but he can explain where he's been. My man, my brother from another mother, Mr. Brian Barrafield, a.k.a. Big Sarge. What's cracking, man? Hey, man, I almost treated you like a black dad and said, hey, I just came back from the stove. But what's going on, brother? <laughs> glad, <laughs> glad to be back on. And uh, look, hey, hey, who knows, man? At the end of this show, I may say, hey, man, I'm going to run to the stove right quick. I'll be right back. Hey, like, shit, like, he's been gone for three years. Hey, you're going to be one of them, like, uh, you know, back in the day, they had a black sitcom that they have, like, a little cameo dude that come in every now and then on one season or something like that. <laughs> That's you right hey, here, man. Go ahead. Like they were in the Jeff, like uh, uh, on the Jeffersons when y'all they had two Lionels. Like, hey man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, two totally different Lionels. That part, right, right. But man, it's, it's good to be. It's I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're back home. Home is where the heart is. But yo, man, what's cracking, man? You know, you. I know when I say you've been gone, you've been gone because you've been grinding. And when you come, when you start grinding, you come up on a whole bunch of things. And one thing that you have been able to do, and one thing, if you don't follow this man. At Big Sarge Sports, all the I mean, Big Sarge Big Sarge Media, y'all need to go ahead and hit that follow button. But you've been attending the Houston Texans training camp, and I know the Texans—they've had a lot of turmoil between the offseason with a whole lot, of, you know, basically within the last two years with DeAndre Hopkins dipping out. You had JJ Watt dipping out. You've had these interesting um, uh, accusations towards Deshaun Watson. You have a new coaching regime going in. You've been there every day during training camp. What are you seeing that makes this team, or how's business been? I should say. Let's let's just say. Let's start with the how's business been going as as business usual. I know today was Deshaun Watson's first day after five days of just missing. And side note, what in the blue hell is that man doing wearing a beanie? And it's a thousand degrees out there in Houston, man. What's going on, dog? Hey, man, listen. You're closer <laughs> to these millennials than I am, man. So I don't know what the deal is with wearing the beanies. I, I mean, he also has no. He also had on a hoodie. And I will say this, though. I mean, I've been out in training camp with the... Uh, you remember the old... Uh, what do they call them? Marshall, uh, marshmallow tops? The old army gray with the oh, black yeah, the marshmallow, army marshmallow. marshmallow. Those are marshmallows. Yes, sir. I still have one. And so I don't remember how I came up on it. I think I may have found it in, like, the Lost and Found in Basic and just kept it and watched it. And I've had it since 2009. But I have one. And so they I have signed them to us in Basic Training. They assigned us some marshmallows in basic training, but there was I don't know why they signed them to us because we had already transitioned into the um the uh the the joints, the the PT joints. So you know the nylon I didn't where get, you go ch-ch. Yeah, I and I didn't get one in, in but in, in two thousand nine I didn't I didn't get that marshmallow top. We we didn't I got them in, I got I enlisted in 08, so they gave us the marshmallows yeah. with like pajamas. I don't know why we got them because they was like you're never gonna wear them. So it was basically their yep. way. But go ahead. I, no, I was gonna say I wear that out there sometimes, and you would think that it would be super hot, but I I'm more hot in a t-shirt when I'm out there than I am in that marshmallow top, and so I don't know why he wore the beanie. I would never wear it, but you know, he like I said, he also has on a hoodie. When he first came out there, he had on sweats, and so you know, I've been blessed and honored to cover. This is going on my 
fourth uh, Houston, Texas training camp. And so, you know, I've been around. I was there when DeAndre Hopkins was there, and I was there when DeAndre Hopkins was traded. And, you know, no, like you said, no J.J. Watt. Also, they don't have Will Fuller. You know, uh, Kareem Jackson is gone. Uh, Jonathan Joseph is gone, retired. Jadavion Clowney is no longer there. So, you know, I've, I've been there. I've watched the changes. They have 50 new players, if I'm not mistaken. 5-0 players. 5-0? Yes. Out of 53? Uh, well, the 53 is the is the, is the roster count that they have to get down to. But I, right. think, I don't even know the exact number that they have, you know, in camp. Right now, I haven't um, gotten a chance to count all of them, but they brought in 50 new players, and I don't think that all 50 is going to make the, you know, make the roster. They have to get down to the 53-man roster. They got to bring, you know, some of their veterans back, back as well. But, right. you know, this is my fourth, like I said, my, my going on my fourth camp, being able to be out there, and I, so I've watched the transition. And I will say this. It was, so it had gotten really well. Uh, Deshaun Watson showed it the first day. I didn't think he was going to be out there the first day of camp, so he surprised everyone. But he's not. he hasn't been a distraction. He's been out there, and he's just been going about his business. And then the last, uh, I want to say they got him pads on Tuesday, and we didn't see we didn't see him in practice on Tuesday, the first day that they put on pads. And so he wasn't there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. He took an off day um, on Sunday, and then on today he shows up. And it was really weird to a lot of us because we'd gotten to the point where we had stopped at well, not. I only asked one time about Deshaun Watson because I didn't want to waste his questions and I knew we were going to get the exact same answers but they got to the point where there was no Deshaun Watson talking then on today he shows up and then we see him talking to general manager first year general manager Nick Casario and so now we're like what are they talking about and so it became part of the story all over again when we should be talking about, you know, the scrimmage that they had on Saturday, you know, what they're going to do to fix those things going into this week, especially since they have their first preseason game against the Green Bay Packers on Saturday. So mm-hmm. it was just a whole whirlwind, whirlwind of things that went on on today. And so I was like, it's it was just weird, you know, and, and I try not to focus on Deshaun Watson because although I think that Deshaun Watson is, is one heck of a talent. I don't have anything you know, negative to say as far as the, the football field is concerned. And off the field, you know, there's all these, there's these sexual uh, misconduct and these sexual allegations that's going on against him. And I wasn't there. So I don't know, you know, whether he's innocent or whether he's guilty. But what I do know is that my job is to cover the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it makes it hard to cover the Houston Texans when you want to cover, you know, oh, look at this defensive lineman that, that you know, they have a... Um, a guy that they that, that they drafted, uh, I think he was the last draft pick, went in the sixth round. Uh, out of he started at New Mexico State, ended up at the University of Arizona in Roy Lopez. And mm-hmm. so, you know, here I am trying to watch and see what Roy Lopez is going to do because you don't see that many Mexican-born uh, NFL players, you know, in the NFL. And so here I am trying to watch him, but I can't really watch him. Because I still got to watch what Deshaun Watson is doing. And even though I don't want to report on it, I have to report something on it. I don't have to focus as much attention on what he's doing. But I still have to put put something out there to let the fans know who follow right. me what's going right. on. Right, 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 right. Yeah, and like you said, it's been interesting. But it's, it's been like, being the fact that they also went 4-12 and last year, um, you know, I, I don't know. You know probably more than I do whether they'll be probably getting trade, you know, are they still thinking about trading Deshaun Watson? It seems like 
a majority of the league right as of right now it seems like they're gonna stay pat with what they got um i can't really think of anybody who would want to trade you know make it take such a huge risk on trading them right now um with so many of the off the field things that are kind of looming over his head whether he's guilty innocent that's for the judges and the league officials to kind of handle that situation we just talking about strictly on the field um talent here on this on the sports business podcast but um can they make can they turn it around in a you know we're we gonna keep it a buck the the afc south is not a uh uh it's not like a prestigious i want to say a prestigious division but it's it's open um it's it's very top heavy so it's you know if they could sneak in there with an extra playoff spot, uh berth this year an extra or last last year they uh, added the extra playoff team an extra wild card team um there's a 17th regular season game this year do you think that they can kind of get it together this year so here's the thing, and I'm going to address something that you said uh, earlier uh, before I address about the AFC South. I will, I will say this. There's, you know, there's some teams, there's, you know, two teams in particular that everybody's been talking about and I've been saying for the longest is, you know, the Miami Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles. They, you know, they really like Deshaun Watson and who wouldn't want a top five transitional talent like that, generational talent like a Deshaun Watson. I mean, if you have him on your team, you know, there's no telling that, you know, that the cornerstone of any, pretty much any franchise is the quarterback position. And if you can get him in, especially with a team like, especially like a Miami. And I always say Miami because Miami has talent, but Miami mm-hmm. also has something that can help repair his image, his character. And that's a black head coach and a black general manager. You see what just happened when they had their all pro uh I don't need. Wait a minute. Hold up. He he didn't make the Pro Bowl, but he made All Pro, if I'm not mistaken. And Xavier Howard, the cornerback, led the league in interceptions. Yes, who was disgruntled, and he came out and said he wanted to be traded. And what did they say? Hey, wait a minute. We're going to get this thing together. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens. And I know I don't want to make this sound racial or anything, but you know when you have uh you know a black coach and a black general manager dealing with you know black black men, you know it's mm-hmm. just something. It's just a little bit something different. And so for Deshaun Watson can get there. I'm pretty sure that they can help repair his image. You know, uh, Philadelphia is calling. And, you know, lurking in the background is Denver. But none of these teams are going to take the chance on Deshaun Watson or trade for him or give uh, give up all these assets because the Texans still want a lot for Deshaun Watson. They, well, they want the farm. Going on. Yeah, they want the farm. Yes. Yes, they still, Nick Casario is not just going to make a deal to make a deal or make a deal just to get him out of here. You're still going to have to give up a pretty penny in order to acquire a talent like Deshaun Watson. But on the flip side, the teams are saying, well, we're not going to make this trade because we don't know what the suspension is going to be. Is he going to be suspended, you know, six games? Is he going to be suspended 10 games? And then once the suspension comes, will he be able to appeal? Are you going to send him out for a year? Because Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended because um, uh, Roger Goodell has the power to suspend any player he wants, whether uh, you know re- whether or not they've been criminally charged. Like the, the they gave him that power in the last CBA, and mm-hmm. you know it's so weird because they gave up that power in order to get shorter practices, which was. Really weird to me, but now he can come out and say anytime he feels that any player has disrespected the shield, the NFL logo, any any player that makes the NFL look look bad, he can suspend him. And so that's why commissioner exemption Watson, list. Yes, 
And mm-hmm. so with all this going on, and one of the reasons they haven't put him on there because they, they're they still trying to figure out what's going on. This investigation is going to take a very long time. So when you have a team like, you know, let's just say the Eagles or the Dolphins, like they're saying, well, we're not going to give up all of that and just have a player that's going to be sitting on the sideline that's going to be available next year. And like right, I said, right, in the right, background right. lurking is, is Denver. Denver is saying to themselves, um, well, we, we like him too. But right. we're just not going to jump out here and do that. And so, but switching real quickly to the AFC South. So, before Carson Wentz got hurt, right, I was right. saying it was going to go Tennessee Titans, Indianapolis Colts, Houston Texans, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because I don't care what Jacksonville is doing down there. I don't trust Urban Meyer, and I don't trust uh, Trevor Lawrence. And I get it. He's Those a are all valid. Those are all valid, though. I, I... <laughs> Those, what you just said are all valid, and I, there's not a part of me that would even rebuke, which or you know even you know even have a, a debate like that, that. That's all valid because that's exactly how I feel. So you're you're right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because nobody's taking a look at like Trevor Lawrence has flaws and holes in his game, but nobody ever wants to talk about that. You know what it's equivalent to? And I know this may sound bad because I was a, you know me, I was a huge President Obama fan too. But President Obama did some bad things. But every time mm-hmm. you bring that up, you're like, oh, President Obama can't do nothing bad. And so that's exactly how it is when it comes to Trevor Lawrence. And so I had had him uh, going Titans, Colts, Texans, and then Jaguars. But with Carson Wentz going down, I still had them second. But Quentin Nelson got hurt. And when Quentin Nelson got hurt, the offensive lineman for the Colts, the all-pro mm-hmm. offensive All lineman, pro, yeah. makes that who makes that offense go when he went down and they say he's going to miss a significant amount of time and then I looked at the first eight games of that schedule they I don't said, have a no cakewalk at all they do not have no. a cakewalk in the first eight games and I put the Texans so that's why I put the Texans over there now Tennessee is by far even on paper when you're looking at them, they're the most talented team when it comes to the AFC South so you know they're, they're especially by them picking up uh, Julio Jones mm-hmm. and so by the by, because they they is what is Julio Jones and um, AJ, AJ Brown. Brown, right? AJ Brown, yeah. Yep. AJ, and then you got the two thousand yard rushing Derek Henry in the background, and and Tannehill doesn't really have to do anything but be a game manager. But that yep. game manager led had over three thousand yards passing, thirty three touchdowns, and seven interceptions on last year. So that's not mm-hmm. a bad game manager at all. So yeah, so Tennessee by far I think is going to walk away. But I honestly and truly feel that the Houston Texans will come in second place in that division. Now, when you say come in second place in the division, are we, I mean, we're talking what, a eight, a eight and seven type of uh, second in division? Oh, uh, no, nah, nah, I'm talking about it. 17 games, right? Yeah, eight and seven. You ain't no eight and eights this year. You either going to go nope. eight and seven or seven and eight. Oh, wait. Or no, no, not... Uh, it's not nine and seven. Nine and seven or seven or uh, nine and eight or eight and nine, I'm, as I was. I'm saying to myself, come on, bro, you making the bay, bay look bad. I'm like, those that bay, like, that's wait that a minute. what math did you take? We talked that's about that Bay Area education. That's that Bay Area education <laughs> right there. <laughs> Maybe your son needs to pull you to the side and teach you that new math. But oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I got him going like I I I got him winning six games this year, and that's I think fair. six games will will put him in second or tied for second. I I don't see I don't see Jacksonville winning no more than three games and. Now I don't see the Colts being able to make – well, you know what? I take that back. I got the Colts winning five games, and they may tie with 
the the Texans at six games because I've been reading, I've been doing a lot of research, man. And I don't know, and I know this is gonna sound funny to you, and you're gonna laugh at me when I say this, but former University of Texas quarterback Sam Ellinger is in a battle with Jacob Eason out of the University of Washington, who transferred from the University of Georgia. And as far as first team reps are concerned, now they're giving Jacob Eason the um the the most amount of reps with the first team. But Ellinger, every day, every day I do my research and I read, they're they're liking him more and more and more. And here's a guy that can come in and just he can keep the ship afloat because of his athleticism. He, he's not as his arm isn't as big as Jacob Eason, but he has the athletic ability and he's been there. Like his leadership style just far outweighs what Jacob Eason can do. So they may be able to stay afloat, but you know, six wins at the most. Yeah, that's, yeah, I feel you on that. And, I just, you know, I figured I'd ask you since you've been covering the Texans. Uh, I know you're going out to Green Bay for the preseason game. You know, when you talked about, you know, a couple of sleeper teams, man, who are you thinking as far as the overall plethora of the NFL this year? Um, 17 games. I think that one game is going to make or break a lot of teams this year. I mean, I think I got the Rams as my sleeper pick just because this is put up or shut up for Matthew Stafford. And if he can't do it, if he can't do it with this type of a squad, then it's curtains for him. So I think he's got a lot riding on, and I think um, Sean McVay's got a lot riding on uh, the Rams. And I'm going to give you another team that I'm kind of – I got my eye on, and I, I can't stand this team. I'm not even going to lie, baby. I, I, I just I just don't like the team. And I know you don't like the team because they're in your division. The New York football giants, man. I, I think I got – if Danny Nichols – I'm not going to call him Danny Dimes because he ain't showing me nothing. This is another, this is another quarterback to me, uh, Daniel Jones. He, it's put up a shut up time for him. He's got to get it together. The, the Giants have spent a lot of money on the offense. They gave him a lot of weapons and toys and stuff. Saquon's he's available to start practicing today. There's no excuses for Danny Nichols no more. And if Danny Nichols can't get it together today in this season, then it's curtains for him. So I, I'm looking at those two teams in particular, um, where two quarterbacks literally have zero excuses on putting it up or shutting it up, man. Who do you think you got this year as far as those type of comparisons, man? The first team you said was the Los Angeles Rams? Yes, sir. I I, I don't see it at all. I, I feel like, I put it like this. Matt Stafford is just like two steps ahead of Jerry Goff. And Sean McVay is still the one that's going to have to make that team go. Like, And, and I've said this before, and I, I'll stick by it, I'll stand by it, and I'll say it as many times in many platforms that I'm on. I think that Matt Stafford is one of the most overrated quarterbacks to ever play in the NFL. A lot of his stats a lot, a lot of his numbers, he looks really, really good. Is because they're Probably always not. down. Yeah, the Lions were always down, so he had to sling it. I put it like this: This is exactly what I used to think about, and that's exactly what I used to see out of Dak Prescott. And you know that I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, but I know mm-hmm. that a lot of Dak, I know that a lot of Dak's points came from the fact that they had to come back a lot because they they didn't have a great defense, they didn't have a solid defense, and so that's how I look at it with Matt Stafford. And so I look at the Rams. I don't see anybody over there that's going to make a difference. Like, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, at first, I was like, wait a minute, do Ricky Pro still play for them? But that's when they were with the, <laughs> the St. Louis Rams. St. Louis Rams. St. Louis Rams, where they had Isaac Bruce, Tory Holt, Oz Hakeem. <laughs> so, look, they got one guy over there. I can't remember the wide receiver's name, right? That that looks like a Ricky Pro type, right? Oh, uh, uh, I'm looking at him right now. I know you talked Cooper Cup. Yeah, Cooper Cup. Like yeah. he's the only other person that I can think about on that offensive side of the ball. Now, didn't they yeah. also lose their running back? They lost their running back, correct? 
they lost his running back uh, to a torn Achilles, Acres. Yeah. And so I don't, so I just don't see it. I'm not trying to knock you on your sleeper team. I'm just saying that right, I, I don't it. see it. And, and then you, and, you know, I think that I'm thinking that you're giving the New York Giants a, a, a pass because, you know, you miss being in the Army and Joe Judge is running that team like, uh, like, like basic training, right? He's a drill <laughs> sergeant. He got them, you know, running laps. You know, he got them. <laughs> right. Right. He, he, def- yeah, he definitely got them in open ranks. Right. And so I'm saying to myself, eh, no, I don't, I don't see him do it. So, well, I say okay, sleeper. So I'm yeah. saying these are teams that I got my eye on, I should say. Let me rephrase that. Okay. So I guess the Browns have too much talent to call them a sleeper team, right? Yeah. And I'm not really sold on Baker Mayfield, to be honest with you, man. But but they got entirely too much talent across the board. Okay, so I will say this. Let, let, you need two, right? I'll give you one in the take, AFC. Well, I, uh, wait. I'm going to take the Chargers. Because uh, I think I, I like Justin Herbert. I like what he's doing. I like what he's putting together. And they have by far one of the best route runners uh, on that team. And Keenan Yes, Keenan Allen is a monster when it comes to running the routes. And he's crisp, precise, and, you know, he, he'll – look, he'll kill you slowly. And that's all they need to do is get up the field. So, I like the Chargers. And you know who else? I'm going to take the Bears once they put Justin Fields in. Once they can get Andy Dalton away, which should be about a half. It's going it, it should be exactly <laughs> like the, how the Texans introduced Deshaun Watson here. When Deshaun Watson got uh, was, was picked here – I think it was 2017, he went number 12 overall. You right. know, Bill O'Brien, who was the coach at the time, kept saying, oh, Tom Savage, Tom Savage, Tom Savage. Let me tell you something, <laughs> Mr. Town Business. It took one half and six sacks for the Deshaun Watson era to start. Tom Savage started for one half. At the beginning of the second half, the Deshaun Watson era began, and he didn't relinquish that until... You know, he either was hurt or what he's going through right now. So right. if the Bears, if the Bears can say, get out of their own way and say Andy Dalton isn't it. And I'm not, look, before anyone who's listening will say, oh, you just, you, you know, you want to talk down on Andy Dalton. He's been this, that, and other. Well, guess what? Andy Dalton had the keys to the Dallas Cowboys offense on last year, and he lost them. Like, yeah. you know that thing, well, what, what is that thing, uh, uh, Miss Town Business, where, you know, you have that, put that little sensor or whatever, and you whistle, and it tell you where your keys is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 the little <laughs> bit, the Bluetooth joint. Yeah, you can clap or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. He lost the keys and the batteries was dead on that, to the point where they they gave Ben DiNucci the, uh, they say, okay, well, you can run the offense, just take this Uber. Like, when right. Ben DiNucci has to come in and right. play and I understand Andy Dalton was hurt, but he got his own self hurt. He looked bad last year. So I don't see how you're going to have him starting over Justin Fields, who is by far the best quarterback. Because, I mean, think about it. We can't have Tricky Nicky on there who's uh, a walking. Look, he's giving out an open resume and his LinkedIn in a press conference where you're wearing Bears paraphernalia. Yeah, yeah. And you're talking about, you're asking the coach to hire you. Right, like, and why do you still? How do you still got a job? Like I don't understand how he's still employed with them. Here's the thing <laughs> about the Chargers on, on this Johnny Come Lately, bro. Here's the thing about the Chargers, <laughs> man. And, and I don't know if it's because I'm a diehard Raider fan, and the things you brought up are, are valid, valid, valid. Super is Justin Herbert probably a legit quarterback? Absolutely, he's way better than Daniel Jones, way better than Drew Locke. Um, I think I even got him ahead of Joe Burrow right now. 
Um, so as far as that goes, absolutely, you're right. Keenan Allen probably want a top five to top ten wide receiver in the NFL. Here's here's the two things that hinder me about the Bears. Their defense is a little suspect. I mean, not the Bears, the Chargers. Um, their defense is a little suspect. They already got uh, rid of Mel- Mel- Melvin Ingram's no longer with the team. I'm not convinced with Coach Lynn. I've been to a few enough Chargers games to see in person. I'm not sold on that brother, man. And, and I'm saying, you know, I'm not trying to knock that man. But as far as him as a head coach and leading a team and prepping, he can't do it. He ain't got it. And how he still has a job, I don't know. But I don't. I think that's going to be the thing that holds the Chargers back is just coaching. Um, I know the last couple of years, you know, you can kind of say that he hasn't had a full team with Philip Rivers on his way out. They bring in Justin Herbert, Tyrod Taylor. Yo, by the way, I hope they have a new team doctor because he was getting a shot and punctured my man's lung before the game. Hope they didn't got a exactly. new team doctor this year. So <laughs> I, there's a lot of things between off the field. I would say behind the scenes with the Chargers that just gives me zero faith in them. Um, I think they'll be in a lot of games, but the Chargers just lose. The Chargers to me are like the LA Clippers. They just figure out ways just to lose games, and you just be like, that's just the Charger way. Um, they just know how to lose games, and they, I just feel like that's who they are. Um, as far as the Bears go, I mean, yeah, if Justin Fields can get in the game, but who are you going to throw the ball to, Jimmy Graham? Jimmy Graham got to be older well, than you, bro. <laughs> well, I'll put it like this. Uh, when you have a talent like that, um, you know, he can make – he makes people around him better. He makes players around him better. That that Justin Fields, you know, barring injury, should be, you know, by year three, we're going to be talking about him as – you know, the same way we talked about Deshaun Watson, the same way we talked about, you know, Russell Wilson, the same way we talked about Patrick Mahomes. This is a guy who is really, really good and plays very, very well at the quarterback position. So you're, you're right. He doesn't have a lot of talent. And this year... He don't, don't have help. Him. He don't have help is what I'm saying. I'm not talking about Justin yeah. Gibbs, the player. As far as what he has around him, nothing. That's what he I'm got saying. none but low talent. spades. He has low spades with him. <laughs> Yeah, he got one so, in a that's what I mean. <laughs> and so, and, and so that's what I'm saying. They, they they don't have a lot of talent, and they, I don't see them making it to the playoffs this year. But I do see them being, you know, pretty good. I don't I don't think that they're going to be as bad as some people think they're going to be, if and only if they put Justin Fields in over Andy Dalton. I mean, and that's possible. Um, that that's very much possible. But I feel like this head coach, and I can't think of this dude's name, he seems pretty adamant on trying to start Andy Dalton week one. Why, I don't know. Um, but we'll see. Um, it makes zero sense to me, but, hey, it is what it is. I'm going to tell you another team that everybody kind of need to look out for. I'm not saying they're going to make a playoff team. I'm not going to say they're going to make a lot of noise. If this team can stay healthy, they might be okay. And that's the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I think oh with, with Joe Burrow coming back from the torn ACL before he got hurt, he was nice. He brings in his former teammate, Jamar Chase. They had given him help on the offensive side of the ball, on the offensive line. You got Joe Mixon that's out there. I think this is a team that a lot of people should be looking at. Not saying they're going to be a playoff-bound team, but they get when when uh, Joe Burrow was, before he got hurt, the Bengals were in a lot of games. They were in it. Not saying they won a lot of them, but they gave a lot of them first couple of teams a lot a run for their money. Had he not got hurt, had he got a little bit more help on the offensive line his rookie season, Who's to say? But I, I, I like I like to see what the Cincinnati Bengals are working on too. I think they're cooking with something, man. I like them as well. Um, and I was just talking about this last week with a guy who uh, who, who covers LSU, 
and uh, we were talking about, I was saying that it's really good to have Jamar Chase back with his old quarterback. And I think that that's going to help them out a lot. They didn't get help. I mean, I'm sorry. They didn't get a lot of help as far as the offensive line is concerned. And, you know, last year, Joe Burrow, before he got hurt, took a lot of hits. And mm-hmm. so I don't know. They, they didn't really do a lot to, to beef up that line, uh, you know, secure some type of help for him on the offensive line. But when you got a player like Jamar Chase, and as, as quick as Joe Burrow makes decisions and get the ball out of his hands, he, like, it, the, the year prior, he didn't have anybody really like that. I mean, A.J. Green wasn't there. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm saying to myself, is he playing this week? Because he missed a lot of time on last year. And things may have been different if he would have been there. You know, if, if he would have been able to play. But now having Jamar Chase having that chemistry that, that Burrow and Chase have together and the mm-hmm. fact that he makes quick decisions and he can get the ball out of his hand, he shouldn't take as many hits as he did the year prior. Absolutely, absolutely. And you brought up some good points. So we'll we'll see. Um we still got about what about four four weeks until the opening opening uh kickoff weekend. So it's a lot of football. I'm just happy it's back. It's well, the, wait, you know, I got a question for you. What's I got up? A, I got a quick question for you. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Because because you are out that way. Do when do you see Trey Lance taking over as the starting quarterback for the 49ers? It's funny that you say that. I saw Kyle Shanahan earlier say that um, he will be playing at some point in this season. And my thing is, what the hell are you waiting for? We already know porn star Jimmy only fans Jimmy G can't stay on the field. <laughs> so what the hell are you waiting for? You don't drive. You don't trade the farm to have Trey Lance be walking around with uh with 49ers with a 49ers baseball cap and a clipboard with the little Motorola or, or the whatever the hell the Bose earpiece in your ear walking around the sidelines you need to put that brother in time now and see what you got now I will say this I don't know if they made the right decision of picking the right brother quarterback if you know what I'm saying because the one they should have really got is probably in Chicago just saying <laughs> just saying but as far as when Trey Lance should be when do I expect him to play I don't know when the Niners are about two and two, two and three. When porn star Jimmy Nutter had another eye, a high ankle sprain or something like that, I expect him to be around then um, because we it's it's a known track record that OnlyFans Jimmy Garoppolo cannot play a healthy a, a full slate of games in the NFL season. Um, it, it's gonna be I, I just I don't know. Um, I think the Seattle Seahawks, if they can get their days of our lives, um, daily soap opera stuff together, and they can sign Dwayne Brown because. You 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 covered Dwayne Brown for many many years. If that brother said he ain't playing, he ain't playing, um, and he's holding out right now. He wants his money. So if Dwayne Brown, their their starting left tackle, is talking about he does not want to play, and he's made a boatload of money in the NFL, and he's talking about he don't want to come, uh, Pete Carroll and boys better figure something out at the left tackle because he's I mean he's thirty six. He ain't got nothing else to prove um, outside of you know outside of you know uh, protecting Mister Sierra. Outside of that, he's yep. good. So as far as that that AF, that NFC West division is probably the most competitive, but it's only going to be competitive as what the 49ers plan on doing, and also if Matthew Stafford can uh, can bring get the get the get the Rams up to par. I say he can, but I also say it's a make it a break a year. But as far as Trey Lance goes, man, they need to start that dude week one. Let's go ahead and just get it out the way. Um, you know, I, I always say OnlyFans Jimmy probably cost the 49ers a Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs, but, you know, that's neither here or there. And a little bit on Kyle Shanahan, too. Jimmy G-String. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy G-String, you know. You know, so it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, man, so 
another thing that you've been also working on, you were able to interview a plethora of, you probably knew more of these and, and draft prospects in the NBA than I ever seen. Um, but Jalen Green just played his first summer of the game, summer league game here in Las Vegas last night um, against the Oklahoma City Thunder, if I'm not mistaken. Um, no, they played won. against the Cleveland, Cleveland Cavaliers. Cavaliers and, against Evan Mobley. Evan, yeah. Okay. It was the Pistons that played the Thunder. I got my games confused, yeah. as I was. Yeah. Um, but you got to interview uh, Jalen Green, who I said looked like DJ Quick. Um, shout out to Merced, <laughs> California. Um, out there, you know, adjacent to the Bay. But, you know, you got to interview Jalen Green. Um, what's your thoughts on him, man? Because I've been on record on my social media, if you follow me, that I don't give a damn about this draft. I really don't. I don't, I don't, I don't see anything that brought my attention besides the fact that evidently... Jalen Rose and started a whole new plethora where there's so many Jalen's running around. You got Jalen Brunson, Jalen Green, uh, Jalen Suggs, uh, Jalen Johnson, Jalen Johnson. You know, th- this was the class of the Jalen. So tell, tell me about Jalen Green that went number two in the 2021 NBA draft. So here's the thing. Sometimes when you look, sometimes when you're, you have an NBA team, you're just looking for that, that right fit. As far as you're looking for that piece of the puzzle, um, let me see. Uh, who was it that won the? Who, who, oh, I take that. Okay, so as you know, I put it like this. You know, I'm on record by saying that nobody really will really remember that the Bucks won the NBA championship. And I was, did, did you see me doing it just now? It's just like, wait a minute, who was it again? Oh yeah, it was the Bucks. I remember the Suns played, but nobody's gonna remember the Bucks. Like nobody remembers the Eagles won. They remember the Patriots played in it. Nobody remembers. That in 2019, the Washington Nationals won the World Series. They just remember that the Houston Astros lost. And, and so when it comes to the this last NBA Finals, I know that the Phoenix Suns were in it. And I, it always takes me a minute to remember who they were playing. But when you look at a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, they just needed that piece. You know, so they went out and they got uh, a Drew Holiday. Later in the season, they made a trade for... Uh, PJ Tucker. So mm-hmm. when it comes to Jalen Green, Jalen Green is is one of the huge pieces to the puzzle when it comes to the Houston Rockets because the Rockets are rebuilding and they they're rebuilding from a youth standpoint. Jalen Green fits right into that system of being able to get out and run the young young athletes who can just hoop, like he can just hoop. I remember talking to Coach Silas on last year and I said. How good does it feel to have players that you know that if the play breaks down, they can just swoop. If the play breaks down, KPJ, Kevin Porter Jr., he's like, okay, look, we're not running this play. Don't worry about it. Let me get to let me get to the basket. Let me score. Let me hit this jumper. And then we'll reset and come down the next time. But the time, you know, the, the shot clock is running down. Let me just get to the to the bucket or let me throw an alley oop to, to KJ Martin. That's what right. Jalen Green does. And having a player like Jalen Green who by the way, played with the G League Ignite team um, on last year, 15 games inside of the, the NBA bubble. Like, that's huge. He's not a regular rookie. If you watched him play against Cleveland last night, he is not a regular rookie. He's playing at a grown man level against some, you know, some of these players who are trying to make the team. But when you look, he's head and shoulders above uh, a lot of these other rookies because he's already – Got he knows the speed of the game. That's one thing he said last night um, after the game. He's like, I already know the speed of the game, and I already know the the, the intricacies and the nuances on what to do. 
And so that's what makes him good. That's what, you know, makes him the number two overall pick by the Houston Rockets and not an Evan Mobley. Right. And, and you know, it, 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 I, I, here's my thing about the draft. And I, if we look at I don't have I don't have the, the stats in front of me. The thing about, and the, the reason why I brought up Jalen Green, he went number two overall. Yeah. History within the last five years shows that if you got a top two pick, you're probably good. It's really three all the way down is where you play with you play with fire. You really don't know what you got. So I just wanted to pick your brain on that. Um, side note: uh, Breaking news: Luka Doncic just signed a five-year super max deal with to stay with the uh, Dallas Mavs. Five years, two hundred seven milli. Man, they out here handing this money out like it's, it's monopoly money this year, bro. <laughs> then uh, I, Ice Trey got his last week, right? Ice Trey got his. Steph Curry just got his too. Uh, KD just signed another uh, almost two hundred million. I think it was like one ninety-eight on Saturday. So Jimmy man. Butler, Jimmy Butler, Butler here. Yeah, so they they so, out here. Go ahead. Can we side note for a second? I mean, let me side note there. You know, I'm not trying to to come on here and, and, and start no mess and start no trouble, but bro, don't get me wrong. I I, I like Luka Doncic. I think he's very talented. I think he is a very talented individual. What I don't see him doing is ever winning a ring in Dallas. That's the first thing. Second thing is I never see him winning a ring until and E. I will go on record by saying this, Mr. Town Business. You have a big issue when it comes to players who ball hog. I've heard you destroy James Harden when he was with the Rockets because you said he he was a ball hog. Luka Doncic is a ball hog, right? Yes and no. And the reason why I'm going to say no, the reason why I'm going to say no is because he's his natural position is a point guard. Um, the where I could say, yeah, um, where was Christoph Persinius last year, bro? Like, what he didn't, I, well, so wait, wait, he didn't, what so he also didn't get a lot of touches, like, he's a rhythm, that, and that's where that's what I'm player. saying, and that's that that's where I say yes and no. There was a lot of parts, there was a lot of intricacies and a lot of possessions last year with the Dallas Mavs, probably left, left, catch Christoph Persinius just fucking hanging at the three point line. Luca's probably dribbling, driving, and supposed to kick it out to Porzingis, but he ain't getting no touches. Like you said, he's a rhythm player. He's also was the the, the A side when he was with the Knicks. He was the A side player, so he was the main attraction. He was the feature player. The offense ran through him. He comes to Dallas, and you got this guy where the ball sticks with him in his in his in Luca's hands for ten to twelve seconds of a possession, and he kind of just bucket hanging around the three point line. It's hard to get in rhythm with that, and and that's that's that falls on the point guard. As far as not knowing what your personnel is, and if you know that this dude needs to get, the, he need you need to feed him the ball. You got to feed that man the ball. So it, it kind of goes two ways. And I'm not, I'm not trying to stall Luca out by no means. I'm indifferent about him. I think he's a great talent. Um, I also think he's smelling himself a little bit too much, um, if that makes sense. I think that's where my beef is with him. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I know, I don't know. I, I think he's just smelling himself a little bit too much. That that's where I see. Uh, see myself and I and I think this these Olympic games probably just gas his brain head up a little bit more where you know they was talking about he was unstoppable and all this other stuff he was undefeated but I don't know I think he's just smelling himself a little tad bit too much and with all the off the court front office issues that's going on in Dallas I don't know what the hell to believe out there man so and here's the thing too so um when it comes to 
you know, Luca. I, I I didn't like the way Luca played. He was, you know, dribble, 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 dribble. Here, pass it. You gotta hit it because if you don't hit it, I'm not gonna pass you again. Well, Luca, you haven't passed to me three times down mm-hmm. the court. Mm-hmm. So you've been sitting up there practicing your 2K moves, and right. now look, um, look at yeah. look at where we at. They, Luca and, and and you know what I, I will say this they don't they didn't have Tim Hardaway Jr. is probably the next best player that they had on that team, and so I'm not mm-hmm. saying that Christoph Porzingis was an amazing talent, but he, like I said, he's one of those players you got to get him going, you got to mm-hmm. get him, got to get him in rhythm. You know, I, I will say this, and one thing that I liked about what did you see the end of the game? Where the, the end of the, the the Olympic Games when uh, Lucas' team was playing against France and Nicholas Batum blocked the last shot of the guy that was going to the goal. Mm-hmm. You see, okay. So I'm gonna tell you what I what I liked about that, and and, and I, I I didn't mean to get us stuck on. No, that. we no, we good. We, it's breaking news, so that's what we do. Yeah. You know what I um. I think that the coach for the for the French team, the French national team, mm-hmm. gave the blueprint to the rest of the NBA, and I'm so glad that somebody finally did it. Miss Town Business, I don't know if you remember that they had 13 seconds left when they came up the court and Luka Doncic had the ball. Mm-hmm. If anybody has watched Luka Doncic at the end of the game when he hit this game-winning shot, he likes them from the left side of the court near the scoring table, right there, like, like right past the, the, hash the five mark. second line. Yeah, yeah, yeah right past the coach's the box. Line. Yes, he shoots. He, he has hit. I've seen him beat the Clippers twice from yep. that spot. Yep. You see what they did? They ran, the, the, the defense that they ran would, would would have put, he started out, I think Nicholas Batum started out on him, and they switched and got Rudy Gobert, which was smart because that he put two players, two defensive players, two long players up against. So if we got to switch, that's okay. If you look at when he steps back, that's when he normally takes a shot. But you can't shoot over the outstretched arm of Rudy Gobert. And, mm-hmm. you know, three-time defensive player of the year. Now, you can, people can say what they want to say about him, but this still is a large individual. Mm-hmm. So what did Luka have to do? Luka had to give the ball up. The guy yep. goes to his, his teammate goes to the goal. Nicholas Batum blocks it. They win. But the fact is, I like that they stopped him from shooting from his favorite spot. Yep. And I think that the, if the rest of the NBA is watching, it's like, okay, so here's the blueprint on how to stop him at least at the at the end of the game. But yep. on the flip side of that, I'm saying you just told me they just gave him all this money and like when last time has the Dallas Mavericks ever been out of the first round since he's been there? I can't. I don't think. Uh, I think the been, no. They, they didn't get out the first round in the last last playoffs. They haven't been out of the first round of the playoffs since they won the NBA championship when Dirk Nowitzki was there. That's 2011. So that's 10 years now. So exactly. I mean, so they got a lot of monopoly money. I don't know what they plan on doing this <laughs> all season. Um, we'll right. See. But yeah, breaking news. Hey, side note before we get into the dumb of the day, um, and I'm gonna give you a prequel to my. Yo, so since you started talking about the Olympic basketball tournament, you know, Olympic basketball, I just realized this, bro. Kelton Johnson of the San Antonio Spurs apparently gets a gold medal. Let me just read y'all this dude's stat line. He had four points the whole entire time. That's four more points the entire population of America. Bruh, he got four, he got a gold medal for running up and doing PT, running up and down the court, bruh. Just want to throw hey, that out what, there, Lincoln. Well, well, Christian Leitner did too. 
I just got Jamel mad. McGee just, too. <laughs> hey man, you know what though? Kelton Johnson just it just didn't make sense, and it, it just he got to go metal man for just running up. And, Coach Pop, you could have put me in the game, dog. I could have sat there and rode the bench, man. I could have got me a gold medal. But anyways, it's that time. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. E. Go, go, wait, go, go, wait. Go, go, e. Go, go, e. Go. Hold on, hold on. And I know, I know this is your show, but I haven't talked to you in a long time. I got to ask you this. Now, you asked me about Jalen Green. How do you feel about how the Warriors drafted? Man, that's why we're going to the dummy today. I ain't got nothing to talk about them, man. There's nothing to talk about. <laughs> I said it on my I said it on my social well, media. Oh. No, I didn't even say it on my. Sh- I said it on my sh- on the, on the, on one of my social media platforms. I said that the Warriors are talking about they're in win now mode. Those two draft picks that they picked up does not put them in win now mode at all. They got the the one that they got the seventh in the seventh overall pick. They said that's a work in progress, dude. They said he's the most ups. He has the most upside in the draft. Here's 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 the crazy thing about the Golden State Warriors. And if you're a true Warrior fan, this is gonna hurt your feelings. You take Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, and Steph Curry out of the equation within the last 25 years, the Warriors have been probably one of the worst franchises as far as drafting talent goes. Period. Mm-hmm. They missed the ball in, in uh, Vince Carter. They got Antoine Jameson instead. Didn't pan out really that well. Joe Smith didn't really pan out that well. Uh, Michael Ma- Marco Bellinelli, they didn't pan out that well. Um, they, if you look at the entire protege outside of oh and you can even throw in Harrison Barnes he didn't pan out well um you know you costed them 2015 NBA finals I always said it ain't had nothing to do with Draymond it was Harrison Barnes's fault you look at the Warriors overall drafting and their scouting and whatnot they can't draft worth a damn they got lucky with Steph <laughs> and they got lucky with Clay and Draymond was a gem that they ended up finding because he was a undersized four uh undersized power forward that fell all the way to the second round you take that away, you ain't got nothing. So as far as with the Warriors talking about there and win now, if I'm Steph, Clay, and Draymond, I'm pissed. I am pissed off at Bob Myers. And ain't no telling how much longer does Joe Lake of the, the chief operating officer for the Golden State Warriors wants to keep paying this luxury tax when they're probably, and I'm, I'm going to keep it a buck, they're probably only going to be a 6-8 seeded team in the playoffs. I'm going to keep it a buck. We don't know when Clay's coming back because it's torn Achilles, not the ACL. So we don't know when Clay's coming back, and everyone just assumes Clay's coming back at the beginning of the year. Clay hasn't played in damn near two years, so we don't know what Clay looks like. Not to mention he's a two-way player, so we don't know what he's lost on the offensive side of the ball as well as the defensive side of the ball. So we don't know what Clay we're getting. Everyone's just on this gimme that they think that Clay's just going to come back and they're going to be good again. I hope so, but I'm telling you right now, BB, these two draft picks, they're not going to help. They're not. They're not. No, I don't see it. And if I was the, if I was Bob Myers, I would call everyone and been like, I'm putting James Wiseman in the two first rounders. Name your pick. Who who can we get with that? That's what I would have done. Yeah. But they didn't do that. Um, I know Philly wanted the farm. They wanted James Wiseman, Andrew Wiggins, and two first rounders just for Ben Simmons. And I was just like, that doesn't make sense because Ben Simmons and Draymond is the same basic player. Ben Simmons is probably just a better passer. But other than that, you know, one likes to shoot the ball. Who can't? Who doesn't? Who can't hit a bucket another one just doesn't shoot at all so I, I just don't understand what the Warriors are thinking right now and I think there's a false narrative that everyone thinks that the Warriors are just gonna be this top four to a championship contending team no everyone needs to pump the brakes and just be hopeful that they don't have another melt uh, epic meltdown in the playing game because that's where they're probably gonna land anywhere between six in the playing game bro that's where I see them at right now I just want to get your opinion 
All right, there it is. There it is. So that, that, that's what I see. So with that, that being said, it's time for the Sports Business Podcast Dummy of the Day. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, I, I'll go last. Okay. You know, this is your show, so of okay. course the host gets to go first. Oh, I usually know this. You guess and you family, so I always like to let family, you know what I'm saying, feel welcome at home and let them take the spotlight. But hey, I'm a, I'll, I'll do the due justice. My Dummy of the Day got to go to Lamar Jackson, bro. And uh-huh. let me tell you why. <laughs> This fool, or this man, let me look. Lamar Jackson has tested positive. He just came out of quarantine, tested positive twice within the last year. He's been caught the Rona twice and still <laughs> is talking about, we'll see about me getting the vaccine. Bro, what you waiting for? <laughs> for you to die? Like, do you want to die at this point for you to say, hey, I'm still weighing out my options after you didn't caught the Rona twice and you had to miss a game last season because of the Rona, so you hurt your teammates last season. And now you out here playing football on the streets and, and, and covering kids at whatever whatever school that was. And now you don't caught the Rona. And now you still talking about I need to sit there and do more research, bro. What more research do you want to do? When you want a ventilator? Like I don't get it. And I'm not telling people they need to go get vaccinated, not vaccinated. But I'm pretty sure if I got the Corona, not even once, but twice, I'm running to the place. I'm running to Johnson and Johnson. I'm getting that one hit of quitter. I'm running to the nearest pharmacy to get make sure I get vaccinated, bro. You done got the Rona twice, and you still over here talking about, well, we'll we'll see. I don't I don't get it, man. I don't get it. What more do you need for you to want to for you to take this serious, man? This is a real thing. This is a global pandemic. It is not a national pandemic. It's not a community pandemic. This is a pandemic that's probably killed millions of people, and that's just the millions that we can account for because I'm pretty sure there's a whole bunch of other people that have died of this back of uh, this virus that have not been accounted for. And you still out here talking about, well, I still got to do some homework. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? So Lamar Jackson, you definitely get the Sports Business Podcast dummy of the day, man. I'm out, dog. What you got, man? Oh, man, I'm going to give my sports dummy of the day to something that happened, uh, I want to say about two weeks ago. But now that we're finally getting a chance to talk about it, Aaron Rodgers. And the reason why I'm giving the, the, the sports demo of the day to Aaron Rodgers is there's no possible way that the future, the, the future of you playing with the Green Bay Packers this season uh, depended on the fact on whether or not they could get Randall Cobb back or not. <laughs> Randall, listen, bro. Randall Cobb, who I've had the honor and the pleasure of watching the last two years, and this guy just doesn't have it anymore. Now, you remember... Two years ago, he played for the Dallas Cowboys. I was did he play bad. for the Cowboys? Yeah. Yes. He wasn't <laughs> bad, but he wasn't good. And then he comes to the city of Houston and plays for the Texans, which was an eye-opener. I'm saying, why are y'all giving Randall Cobb all this money? And maybe it's something about Randall Cobb that I don't know because the Cowboys gave him a, a, an opportunity and money. The Texans gave him an opportunity and money. And then, you know, by far, one of the top 10 quarterbacks to ever played in the game. The, the, the MVP of last, the offensive MVP of the NFL on last season comes out and says, I need Randall Cobb back. Like, huh? Like, wait a minute. Hold on. So who's next? Donald Driver? Jordan uh, James, I, I don't, I, J- James Jones? Yeah, James Jones. I said Jordan Chipley. Not Jordan Chipley. Um, what's the guy's name who they cut and didn't tell him? Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson. I said Jordan Chipley. His he played for the University of Texas. Anyway, <laughs> you know, so who's next? Jordy Nelson? Are they bringing him back? What about the time that they had, um, 
what's the name of those wide receivers? They were really, really good that played with uh, when Brett Favre was there. It was two of them. I can't think of their names. I, I don't know. But who else you going to bring? A Sterling Sharp? Like, who else do yeah. you want to bring back yeah. from the past, Aaron Rodgers, to play on your team? And it's like, look, I, okay, let me tell you this. I'm not going to play unless you make a call down in Houston and get Randall Cobb back. And it was all, almost one of those things where I was like, let me just see if they're going to do it. You know, it's one of those things like, <laughs> you remember on the, the scene on a, a, a Coming to America when Eddie Murphy was about to get married and he was like, hop on one leg. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. A bark like a dog. <laughs> like, bark oh. like a big dog. <laughs> right? And so Man. It, seems like, it seems like Aaron Rodgers is like, let me see. Let me, let me think of, if I, let me think of a player that I'm just going to make them go get and see if how much they really, really want. Because, you know, he probably talks to himself in third person. Like, how much do they really want Aaron Rodgers? Like, I want to mm-hmm. see how much they really, like, how much y'all really love Aaron Rodgers. Go get right. Randall Cobb. It didn't make sense. Yeah, I saw that. And I was just like, he's still in the league? Like, I honestly forgot. So, I knew you played for the Cowboys. I knew you played for the Texans, but I didn't even know you was with the Texans. Like, I, I, so, when they said that they were trading him, I was just like, I'm pretty sure the Texans were like, shoot, we ain't trying to pay him this much money anyway. So, yeah, what you want? Like, Take him. You couldn't, you, you couldn't well, get Well, they're still Mike. on the hook for his, his uh, three, three million of his, uh, I think, three million of his salary. I mean, but you couldn't try to go get Mike Thomas. He don't seem too happy in New Orleans right now. You couldn't, you couldn't try to get somebody else. You wanted Randall Cobb? Like, huh? I, I saw they don't need Randall Cobb. Bro. They don't. They don't. Yeah. But for him to say, and it was part of, I think it had something to do with that pressure that he named a whole bunch of players that ended up just leaving. Uh, he talked about Julius Peppers, Clay Matthews, uh, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb. And I was like, but you didn't win with, you, you acting like you just won a whole, uh, uh, you created a dynasty with these boys. Like, what are you talking about? So, I mean, I guess, I mean, you go to the NFC Championship, what, three, three years in a row and you still lose? So... I mean, you probably get the same result again this year. You looking like you're looking very Buffalo Billsish right now. That's what he's yeah. looking very Buffalo Billsish as well as the Philadelphia. Actually, the Philadelphia Eagles um, before they they were able to get to the Super Bowl. Terrell owns his one leg, but he's looking very Philadelphia yeah. Eagleish back back then. That's what they look like Eagle-ish. right now. Very very <laughs> Eagleish, Eagleish right now. So. Hey, hey, we gotta use that Eagleish. Very Eagleish. Man, tell me where to find you at, bro. I appreciate you coming on the show. I know you've been very busy. So just for you to take time out of your busy schedule, because I know you're probably going to the Astros game if they're playing tonight. Well, actually, the Astros, uh, look, they have a rare day off. So, okay, like, I'm like, oh, wow. Monday's a tricky one. Monday's a tricky day for baseball. You don't yeah. know if they're in a four-game set or a three-game set. So theoretically, yeah. if you're in a three-game, you're probably going to get a Monday and a Thursday off. It's usually the rule of thumb. So I had to ask you that. Yeah, so no, they're they're back in action um, on tomorrow. The Colorado Rockets come in, I think, for a two game series, and then they're back on the road. And so, um, no, I don't have. Well, I got articles to write, of course. It, it hey, the Giants legit. You, well, you, see, so. you got to see the Giants uh, against the Astros. Are they are they are they this good? Man, let me tell you something. And they added Chris Bryant. Yes, yeah, man. This because you're a Giants fan, correct? Diehard Giants fan. I'm still, man, in, I, I'm still in denial. Like, I don't think they're – like, I'm still trying to, like, somebody pinch me because this was supposed to be a rebuilding year. I don't know what the hell Gabe Kapler doing with the boys, but, hey, man. Uh, I'm still I'm not with it, man. I'm not all the way on it yet, man. 
I'm going to say this. You may have been looking at the preview of the 2021 World Series when the Astros and the San Francisco Giants played. And, you know, hey, look, we joke around, we play around a lot, but I'm, I'm going to say they are a very – they are dangerous. Their offense is – they're dangerous, man. They're, they're, hey, wait, hold on. Somebody I didn't know – I didn't know Buster Post, Buster, Buster Post is still in the league, though. They were thinking about trading them this year. Because here's the thing about the Giants this year. They were thinking of it was going to be such a rebuilding season. They expected to trade Buster Posey by the trade deadline because they figured a team that was in contention was going to need Buster Posey. But, you know, our April came through, May came through, June came through, and it was like, hey, we, we cooking with some fish grease right here right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm very, very worried about the Dodgers because they got Max Scherzer and they're starting to get healthy. The only thing that doesn't make me fool on scared of the Dodgers is uh, Jensen. I don't uh, until they figure out the closing pitcher woes. I, I'm not in worry mode just yet, but I'm still in a little de- in denial about the Giants, man. I, like it's one yeah, of those things where I got to see these boys win the chip for me to be like, yeah, they with that, they bought that action, boss. Oh man, listen, yes, yes, they they are man, they look good. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay, they look right. really really good. I know they just um, had a three-game set with the Astros. That's why I had to ask y'all because I know you, uh, I think Gransbury went to the game, and I know you were covering the game too. So I haven't been to a Giants yeah. game this year. So, yeah, man, you should go. I'm telling you, you should. You should really just don't be fighting in that water out there in them kayaks. So, nah, uh, I never, never did that, and never will do that, man. <laughs> my, 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 my black, my hot blackness and Japanese-ness won't allow me to have activities, man. But tell me where you can find you at, bro. Uh, you can find me at Big Star Sports with the Z at the end on Twitter, and you can also find me at BigStarSports.com. Um, on you know, go to BigStarSports.com and you can read all of my articles. If you happen to by chance scroll on to iHeartRadio uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 10 to 12 p.m., I am a, uh, a guest on In the Trenches right here, 10 to 12 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'm a guest on uh, In the Trenches with uh, Indy Kalu and Sports Talk with Big Sarge on uh, RaiseParade100.com every Tuesday and Thursday from 1 to 4 p.m. All right, there you have it. Until then, hey, BB, as always, I mean, I appreciate you coming out, showing out, doing your thug thizzle on the show. Definitely plan on bringing you back, hopefully a little bit more during football season, but if not, you know you know where to catch my big bro at. My name is Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. You can find me on IG at MoneyComp. You can also find us at Sports Business, S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S at Twitterverse. You can also find us on the website, S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S.com. Other than that, we out of here, man. Hey, man, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks a lot, bro. Y'all take care. We're running back next week. <laughs>